Today is the episode where I talk about Saturday, June 12th, 2021. My name's Joe Batant, and I am the host of a little show called This Joe Batant, a show where I talk about whatever comes to mind, and, and uh, we're going to put that to the test this week. You'll see what I mean, but not today, because it's This Joe Batant's right here on Afterthought Media. Like I said at the top of the show, my name is Joe Batanz and I am the host of the eponymous show where I talk about my uh, adventures in the world. Now lately, the adventures in my world have taken me far to the ends of the land of Fodlin, but with some occasional little trips here on Earth. And we're going to talk about that right here. You know, I said today was the episode for... um, Saturday, June 12th, but I'm honestly, because so little has happened because of my obsession with um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I have an update on that, um, that I could squeeze Saturday and Sunday into two days, okay? Because Saturday, I woke up <clears throat> fairly early, I think, watched Drag Race Down Under, and then immediately started playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Okay? We're going to talk about this in a second. Not in the way that you think. Okay. Then I played as long as I could until I had to actually um, write the script <clears throat> and work on the show. I think that was like... I, I really... I'm going to be honest with you. I was really pushing my luck. I think I started working on it at noon and the show's at three, which is unusual for me. I usually like that after I have breakfast, get it all done, and then do whatever I want until the show. It lets me, like, center myself. <clears throat> but I'm, I've just been so addicted to this Fire Emblem Three Houses that I, I was not doing that. I will say it is an amazing game at, like, time vanishes. Time, if you are, you know, uh, my friend Adam Vaught, had to quarantine for three weeks. That's one of the reasons why I got into Fire Emblem, because he is one of the games... I recommended it to him as one of the games he took with him to China. And he had a quarantine three weeks in China, and we were both talking about, like, literally time vanishes. Like, the other day, um, my parents were in a three-hour meeting, and it it felt like it was two minutes. Like, I was just... In fact, today, I, I did a battle today... And I looked at the time. I intentionally looked at the time. And I started playing it at 10.30. And that one battle didn't finish till noon. And if you would have asked me, I would have told you it lasted, I don't know, half an hour. So it's an amazing time waster. But that's why I don't have a lot to talk about. But anyway, so I played as long as I could. Then I, you know, uh, recorded. uh, I did the the work for Drag Race Down Under. Then I went back to playing, cut some time. 
And I talked about some issues on that show that I want to talk about right now, which is, I don't know, I, I really do think it was Fire Emblem related. Because I was talking about how I was burned out on RuPaul's Drag Race. And now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think the, to- the, the, the point of being depressed about being burned out of RuPaul's Drag Race, that is... Um, Done. It's almost reminds me of kind of what I don't know that much about third degree burns, but I think I read that like third degree burns don't actually hurt because the nerve endings are burned off. So like you don't even have nerves that feel pain. So it's just nothing. You feel nothing. Is it third degree burns? I don't know. That sounds right. And uh that's where I am. I'm third degree burn out in RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't feel anything. And, and I can tell you that because today. I'm not done with Fire Emblem, but I have, I'm literally all set up for the final battle of the whole game. And I feel this weight taken off of me. Uh, Adam Vaughn had talked about how I was going to feel a depression. I don't feel depression because probably around Saturday, Saturday I was really depressed about having to do the show because I just, because not because, oh, I just love playing Fire Emblem as, Aiden got his feelings hurt yesterday because I said this. Because remember, he's the one that's wanted me to love this game and, and whatnot. But I told him that because I was telling him that I just played yesterday. I literally played Fire Emblem the entire day, apart from eating. Uh, but I, I, that wasn't that was planned, so I didn't feel guilty. Um, apart from um, eating, for the most part, uh, I just played Fire Emblem eating and talking to a few people here and there. But even then, I was ignoring calls. But it's because probably Saturday, when I was getting the depression about doing Drag Race, I was like, you know what? I don't like the way this game has taken over my life. Um, And so... uh, I said, I just need to get it done. And for... (laughs) I thought on the weekend, I think that's probably why I was depressed, now that I think about it, on Saturday, I for some reason only thought there were 16 chapters to this game. By the way, each each chapter takes like two hours, okay? I thought there were only like maybe more because we're, here we are, right? But um, I thought there were only like 16 chapters, oh, four chapters left when I was there. And no, there were 10. Okay, 10 chapters. And so I think maybe that's where the depression came in. But the point is, I was telling Aiden yesterday, because he was like, oh, I just played Fire Emblem all day yesterday. All day today. And he goes, oh my god, it's so great, baby. And I was like, no, it's horrible. It is horrible. It is a horrible, horrible feeling. I wasn't sleeping. Like, um, Saturday night. Okay, okay, let's, let's finish Saturday. Let's finish Saturday right now. So Saturday we do the show. I, I'm very, very depressed before to do the show. But I, you know, to show you, if you listen to this episode, I don't think you can maybe kind of tell. But I had a muster. I had to literally gather all the energy I had to pull it together for that show. Okay. Do the show. As soon as it's done, I have to take a shower. No, no, no. I take a nap. I took a nap because I was very, very tired. And... um Again, I think probably because of the depression, but I was very, very tired. I go, you know what? Let me take a nap because I'm going to go see a movie. And I had up, up until Saturday, I hadn't been staying awake past 10. 
like literally at 10 remember i think i talked about on the show Lori texted me at 10 30 and i was out you know i think i was falling asleep around then and i was just like fuck that so i go let me take a nap because i'm not going to be used to um uh staying up that late because it was kind of a later movie so i took a nap and then i took a shower and I left, and I met with the Johns. We went to go see In the Heights. We hadn't planned to go see In the Heights. It was sold out for the weekend. But then Friday, uh, late, John Paul got, I don't know, found out how. I don't know, I should have asked him. He found out that um, some seats opened up, so he bought them for, a, 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 not a late showing, but it's like an 8.30 showing of In the Heights. At Alamo Draft House. Now that the arc lights closed, now it's Alamo Draft House, which is a nice theater as well. So we go there. Uh, here's my brief review of In the Heights. And I just saw there are people who are complaining about this very thing that I like, actually. I'll get to that in a second. Is um, I loved it. And I don't know if I've talked about this in the show. I'm not a big fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Not a big fan at all. I think he's uh, overrated. I'm not saying it's his fault. I think people just fell in love. Hamilton, for some reason, resonated with people. And uh, I think, you know, he's the beneficiary, but also the victim of all the hype. And um, <clears throat> so going into it, I was like, Ugh, all right, I, I've never seen I'd never seen the musical. I didn't know the music, didn't know anything. And I'm going to tell you, I loved it. But I loved it for different reasons. I loved it because I love that it wasn't about any one Latino culture. Not that I have a problem with that. But it often what you see Hollywood do is they'll try and take the experience of one culture in Latino culture and make that... Uh, all Latinos are like that. Like, for instance, if it's a movie about Cubans, all Cubans. It's nothing but Cubans, only Cubans, right? Or same thing with Mexicans. It's Mexicans, Cubans, you know, Puerto Ricans, those three big ones, right? So I like that other countries are getting represented because, you know, like, one of the female leads is Mexican. The male lead is from the Dominican Republic. The character is. Another one is Cuban. Another one's Puerto Rican. You know, there, it's, it's, it runs the gamut, okay? And... Um, um, but, um, anyway, so I got an email that I'll tell you about in a second. Um, and, uh, let me just tell you now. Oh, no, I'll tell you later. I just got an email that I will tell you about. Maybe this episode, maybe the next episode. So, Every, not every, but many cultures are presented. Also, you saw shades of color um, that were light-skinned Latinos, but also dark-skinned Latinos and, you know, medium-skinned Latinos and, and all shapes and sizes. I thought, I think, I feel like they did a very, very concerted effort to really show the diversity in Latino people. I did see today in the news that some Afro-Cubans are really upset because they said that they weren't represented. I don't know what to say because I feel that there was a representation in Afro-Cubans. The problem is that you run into is um, th there's only so many 
spots. And so there's more than four different types for the main characters. And also, I mean, and, 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 and for my Afro-Cuban or my, or my Afro-Latin, sorry, um, brothers and sisters, like, let's change that for other, for other works of fiction. In other words, you shouldn't put the onus on Lin-Manuel Miranda or the people who make In the Heights to, I, I, they tried as hard as they, God, man, they fucking made inroads like nobody's ever made, right? Ever. And it's just like, that's, that's one of one of the things I've always found uh, about. Um, I've always said this: the difference between conservatives and uh, progressives is conservatives. It's almost easy to get their message across because conservatives often are about exclusion, and when you're about exclusion, it's very easy to have a singular message. Whereas with the progressive, it's about inclusion, so everybody wants their little faction represented we see this in drag race too if i don't give favor to ginger minge and people get mad you know why do i focus on this and this and this and i see that lin-manuel miranda's apologizing so um i don't know i i thought it was i i thought they made great inroads i thought it was amazing um big thumbs up still not a huge fan of lin-manuel miranda but i actually understand him more i think that's one thing i will say and um Oh, you know what? Okay, I have more time than I thought. I didn't split the track before I did this Joe Tance. I was like, oh my god, we're running out of time already, but I'm looking at the at the um at the track clock and the, you know, this is a track and I have way more time. So I'm going to hide that other clock that I'm looking at. Anyway, okay, so I have more time. So that was say so on the way to go see In the Heights. Okay, I drive there. And so I think it's sort of funny. I drive there and, and to get to the actual theater Alamo Draft House. Um, you have to take a series of escalators and stairs and elevators. It's kind of hard to get to. And as I was going up the final set of escalators to go to the theater, a, another guy was coming the other way. So I'm going up to the theaters. He's coming down. And he says to me, hey, uh, they've run out of soap in the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And he goes, thanks for everything you guys do. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker think I, <laughs> thinks I work here, right? And I didn't think anything of it, to the point where I even mentioned it to John Paul, because when I sat down, because this stuff happens to me, well, it used to happen a lot more when I was younger, but it's not an unusual thing to happen. I would be at the Magic Castle waiting for my car to come, and the valet, and people would drive up and hand me their keys, thinking I was the valet, Okay. And so that kind of stuff, tell, asking me where things are at Target or Best Buy or, you know, other places like that, or uh, telling me there's no soap in the bathroom. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, I don't care. What, but he go because he thinks I work at the movie theater. Um, that ha- It doesn't happen as much, but it happened. Right? I didn't even think about it. And what's funny is that topic comes up in the film. It's a throwaway line. But I was like, oh, that's so weird that my experience here is even reflected in the film. Uh, look, ultimately, my final review is it's a good film, uh, worthy of seeing, if anything, to support uh, Latino film, because, well, but it's about 15 minutes too long, 15, 20 minutes too long. They could have cut down 15 minutes, you know, come down. Come down, Chanchu. But what I will say, though, is, no, no, if you're not Latino, it's, I'm not, it's not incumbent upon you, but the Latinos need to support this film. Because 
as much as Latinos are a huge part of uh, this culture, they're not. They're really grossly underrepresented in film, especially in this way, in this positive. Like, even though the things that happen and negative things happen, this movie isn't about like it's not a noble savage movie. Like, oh my god, look at these poor Latinos suffering. You know, it's like they're living their life and they they're dealing with the things that everybody deals with, albeit through a Latino lens. And it's it's a happy film, so we have to go see this movie, okay? Because you have to show Hollywood that these kind of movies will sell. Uh, I often find that Latinos often fall into one of two camps where they either support, maybe because they don't see themselves represented, either white films or they maybe they identify with African-American culture and they see African-American films. It's even split in my family. So like, I obviously see white films, not obviously, but that's from what I talk about, but I have cousins like my cousin Stephanie, who's in love with Lori and her family. They love African American culture, and they resonate with them more. And those are the films they'll see. Um, and so, <clears throat> but they often don't support Latinos. Don't often support their own films, and so Hollywood has this false notion that Latinos don't see Latino films. We have to change that. We have to start mobilizing and seeing films of our culture. Uh, anyway, so that was, I, I went home right after that. Here's where the problem starts. I get home. It's probably about 11, 1130. And I was like, well, just wind up the night playing fire. I did not get to bed. I played fire emblem till three in the morning. Right. And then it gets even worse. I woke up three hours. I only slept like three hours. Wake up at like six thirty, six o'clock and start playing fire emblem again. And this is when I was like, this is now Sunday. I'm like, okay, the madness needs to stop here. The madness needs to stop here. And so, I mean, I was just out of it all Sunday. And what's funny is, so John Paul and I had originally planned to see each other this past Sunday, but then I told you the In the Heights film um, stuff uh, popped up. And um, uh, so... We on Saturday, but at Saturday at the film, I asked John. I said, uh, "Are we still hanging out tomorrow?" And he goes, "Yeah, why wouldn't we?" And then Evil John was like, "Yeah, well, you need to hang out because I need to go to the comic book store because if I'm there, John Paul won't like make him leave early from the comic book store because John Paul will be talking to me, and so he has all the time to be at the comic book store." So now Sunday, I've only slept three hours. I can't stop playing this uh, Fire Emblem, and I'm exhausted, and I'm like. I, I'm hoping John Paul will cancel, but he calls me. Where do you want to meet? And the second it gets a little complicated, I'm all, can we just get ice cream later? And he's like, sure. So I I didn't want to take a nap because I didn't want it to happen what happened the night before. So I just soldiered forth, Sally forthed, and pushed through, almost like I was jet lagged, I was telling Adam Vaught, and went to get ice cream with John Paul. Nothing really eventful happens there. We get ice cream. We hang out for a little bit. I go home. Okay, and um, fell asleep at a normal time. Played some Fire Emblem, but played it earlier, and I fell asleep at like a ten thirty. Man, I slept until I slept for ten hours the next day. But then the next day, I was groggy because I slept for ten hours. But I anyway on Sunday I was supposed to do throwing down. Um, to yesterday, but I messaged Adam Burns and I said, "Listen, I need a day off." I didn't tell him why. Can we move it to Tuesday? And he's like, sure, we can do Tuesday, no problem. So we moved it to Tuesday, 
And I intentionally, because now I was like, I have to finish this fucking game just so it's out of my life. And so intentionally spent all day Monday on purpose to so I'm like, let me just finish this fucking game, right? And I spent all day Monday. I still wasn't finished. I had two chapters left. I didn't get to bed till like 12.30. Luckily, I got eight hours. So 12.30, woke up at 8.30, and I've been playing Fire Emblem since. Now, as of this taping, I have the final battle. Everything's done except the final battle. I know that'll probably take me two hours. I'll do it tonight. Story over. I am free from the prison of Fire Emblem. I landed up telling Aiden, I said, listen, it feels like... Remember what I know about meth is that meth addicts... They need to have sex. They just need to have sex. They have this energy to have sex, but it, it, they can't come. And it's just not fun for them anymore. But they just have to have sex. So they keep having sex, even though they're cut and they're hurt and they're in pain. They keep having sex because they just, they can, they, they can do nothing else but that until they can come. But they can't come. And it's a vicious cycle. And that's what it's been right here in this Joe Batant. Right here on Afterthought Media. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.